Hey everybody, welcome back to the Winner's Win Podcast. A lot happening in Philadelphia sports. Phillies baseball this week. Eagles free agency. Got the final four. Closing out the Sixers season. That's where I want to start. Last night, Sixers Nuggets. Joel Embiid, who I... Anyone who's been listening, I've called the MVP the last few weeks. Decides to sit out in the rematch against Jokic. Joker. And the national media has a field day with it. And it may have cost him MVP, to be honest. I thought he was a lock. He dominated Jokic the first time they played. And I got to be honest, I just don't get it. So he sits out with a calf injury, which we know is really just load management. He's probably a little bit, maybe it's a little sore or whatever, but he just, he, he wanted a night off. Why don't you just take off the night, the, the game against Phoenix and play this game, knowing that if you have a good game, you're you're a lock for MVP. Now, some people will say, well, who cares about MVP? I heard some people on the radio say, well, it's not about MVP. It's about getting through the second round. I agree. But you're this close. And you were probably a lock at this point. And I think now the odds have shifted in Vegas. So you hear Kendrick Perkins who... Ironically enough, Kendrick Perkins a couple weeks ago was caught up in the scandal saying um, that the MVP voters were racist because of, you know, he made these stupid points about the times they voted for for certain um, white players. But he comes on and says that he's going to remember this in Bede sitting out when he votes because he has a vote. So kind of ironic, he's implying that he's going to vote for Jokic after saying that. So I thought that was interesting. But I think a lot of people think that you dominated Jokic. You had 47 and 18 the first time you played. You got to have him, you got to let him get a second chance. And for the people that say it doesn't matter, look, I'm not making, I don't care to make too much of a big deal about it. But this is the problem with the NBA, but even more specifically the Sixers. This is why they have not been out of the the second round. This mindset of taking off, not being competitive. I mean, Joel should have wanted to play. And I don't know if he did or didn't, but he should have demanded to play. He should be in in control enough to to say, I'm going to take the Phoenix game. I'm playing the Nuggets game. I'm going to end this MVP discussion once and for all. The Sixers fans deserve that. The fans that sat through this nightmare process, the fans who have been let down year after year by me in particular and this franchise and this team deserve an MVP. The last being Allen Iverson 22 years ago. Bryce Harper has won an MVP. Jalen Hurts, if he doesn't get hurt, probably wins an MVP. So I'm going to win one. I'm going to go out and dominate and win one. 
And they probably would have won the game. I mean, Maxi was incredible. They still almost won the game without Embiid or Jim. But that's that's what exactly is the problem. And it's been the problem with him for his whole career. And I fear that we're going to see it again here in the next month. I think we'll see it again in the postseason. You'll see him sit out or you'll see him complain of an injury. Jim is also out. Jim is 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 a guy that's in no rush to ever get back on the court. And so they've lost, now they've lost all chance of the two seed, which for a second I thought was possible for a very short second. But they've now lost all chance of the two seed. Milwaukee will be the one seed. Boston will be the two seed. Sixers will be the three seed. And just like we've projected, they will get Boston. Granted that they get through the first round, which I would imagine they would, but I don't take anything for granted with this team. Um, they will get Boston. And Boston will get game five and seven at home, which we know are pivotal games. And they will be out, is my prediction. Barring some major injury to a Celtics player, they will be out again. And then the question is, what do you do? You know, I was looking at the box score. <laughs> Uh, sometimes I have to check the box scores for, for PJ Tucker um, just to, after the games, gather myself and see what he did. And I know we've talked about this before, but I have to bring this up. He amazes me. This guy fascinates me. The other night, I mean, we talked about it, but he, he doesn't ever do anything in the in the stat sheet in the box score, and I don't know how that's possible. The other night he had it's against Golden State. He played twenty five minutes. He was zero for five, zero for five from three, two rebounds, one assist, zero points. That's three personal fouls in twenty five minutes. Denver at halftime. I don't know what he ended with, I thought, but at halftime, I got the halftime back score, box score. 16 minutes, 0 for 1, 0 for 1 from 3, 0 rebounds, 0 assists, 0 points. Let me see what he ended with now because I'm curious. I, I don't know how you I don't know how you can do anything with this guy playing this many minutes in the postseason. It's incredible. It's almost impossible. I'm trying to think about, like, if you just put anyone else on the court, could they not do this? So here's the score. Sorry, it took a second. Final box score for P.J. Tucker. 23 minutes, 0 for 2, 0 for 2 from 3, 0 rebounds, 0 assists, 0 points. One personal foul. I mean, am I missing something? Is it why is this not talked about more? This is a starter that you gave three three years thirty million to. That plays between twenty five to thirty minutes, and has zero points, never has an assist, and he's not even getting rebounds. He doesn't even average one assist. He averages three point nine rebounds, one hundred and thirty seventh in the NBA. 3.4 points, 0.8 assists. 
Hear that? That's the sound of a walk-off albatross, a two on a par five to win a two-day golf tournament. That shot happened to me. One in 600 million odds. Since then, people call me Albie. Now, I've told this story so often, my friends can't take it. I'm pretty sure my wife, next time I tell her, she's going to leave me. So I decided to start a podcast to tell the entire world about it because it deserves it. It's the craziest shot you've never heard of. And guess what? There's tons more stories like this all around golf. And that's what our podcast is all about. Join me and my fellow degenerates, Panda and Shepard, as we dive into them. Insane bets, crazy what-if scenarios, and all the you-had-to-be-there type moments in golf. Find us wherever you get your podcast. Did I tell you about Malbatross? Incredible. 26 minutes a game. Averages more personal fouls than assists. So, we'll see what happens, but I think I think Embiid is now, it's now a race. Embiid, probably Giannis and Jokic are, are probably all neck and neck again. By the way, on a positive note, Maxi's been great. He's been incredible. And they're going to need him big time. And so he's been great. And so... Let's just hope I, you know, I hope Jim and Jim and Joel are healthy because there, there should be no excuses. But we're everything now is just focused on Boston, in my opinion. Last week the podcast was called "All Roads Lead to Boston." That's what it is. That's what we're headed for, and we'll see what happens. A, t- a team that owns them, and you're going to get a lot of answers. I want to touch on the Eagles, and then I want to get into the Philly. So Eagles. Nick Sirianni spoke today a little bit. Nothing exciting. Talked about the coaches, new coaches. Really gave high praise for Trey Sermon, who was on the team last year but didn't hear much. Running back, got from the 49ers. He said he regretted not getting him more involved. I think he will be a piece this year. He really likes him. Really says in practice he does some amazing things. But I don't know, I take that with a grain of salt. Why wasn't he playing? I guess maybe just not enough touches. Um. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson thing. There was some more on that. Howie basically said, we gave him an offer early. He didn't like it. He played around, so we pivoted. We couldn't wait, which I think is the right move in business. They figured out we're not getting an answer. We can't get caught here with nothing. We got to go get Slay and Bradbury to come back. We got to go bring Graham and Cox back if we can. Um, And so... Seems like it, seems like what it came down to was Gardner Johnson's team misvalued what he was going to get in the market, and you know he cracks me up. He goes on Twitter the other day and talks about which which quarterback deserves the biggest contract, and it was Barrow, um, uh, Hertz, uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, I forget who else was on it. And he says Lamar Jackson. You know, it's just like a little dig at Hurts. It's it's just hilarious. I mean, now he has a problem with Hurts. It's like so. So maybe we made the right choice getting rid of this guy. Seems like he might be a little bit of a, a, a basket case, uh, possibly a cancer in some ways. Phillies. So cannot believe I said this last week. I can't believe it's here. We're gonna have Phillies baseball at the end of this week. Um, Aaron Nola, I believe, and Degrom. Can't believe it's back. 
a lot of things happening with the Phillies. So Nola, uh, they, they've stopped all contract negotiations. So I don't know what to think of that. They'll go into the season and they're not going to talk. Looks like Nola may hit free agency. I don't know what will happen at that point. Reese, as everyone knows at this point, tours ACL. Um, what will they do about that? Now, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of Reese, but seemed to be a good locker room guy, clubhouse guy. Uh, was part of the culture. They all seem to like him. It's a right-handed stick. He's not a great defensive player, but they'll they'll probably miss him. Although Dar although Derek Hall, who will play against right-handers at first, had an incredible spring. He was really good. Um, I think he led the team in home runs. I could be wrong. I think he had five, but he was really good. We'll see what they do against lefties. There was some talk about bringing Darren Ruff back. I. I don't know. I don't hate it. I didn't love Darren Ruffle when he was here, but I didn't. He was pretty good last year. I think he was with San Francisco. At least he's good against lefties. So they'll have to do some things off the pl- platoon at first and see if they can figure that situation out. Dombrowski spoke today. I thought it was, you know, it's funny. Anyone who knows me, whenever there, there's certain guys I just don't connect with, and there were certain guys that I do. And Dombrowski's one of these guys, when he speaks, I just always kind of agree. I kind of am always thinking what he's thinking. And he's worried about the starting pitching. And this is what I like him like about him. He's not a, he's not a bullcrap artist. He shoots you straight. He tells you what he's thinking. And he, he doesn't insult you as a fan. And he's worried. I think the quote was, um, our starting pitching is on thin ice. I think it was something to that degree. And, I, and he's right. I worry about the starting pitching. I think it, I think it's it could be their Achilles heel. And I know they added some things, but look, Rangers hurt. Ranger got hurt uh, in the World Baseball Classic pitching for Venezuela. Looks like we might not see him for minimum a few weeks. May, Dombrowski said maybe a month. And we all know how good Ranger was last year for us. Painter, uh, they're going to even take their, they're going to take their good old time with Painter because he's 19 and he's such a big prospect. So similar, uh, not going to see him anytime soon. So you're going to have a, a thin rotation. Bally Falter, for example, is going to pitch Sunday night on ESPN Baseball. We have two guys at the front of the rotation who have thrown a ton of bullets. I mean, Aaron Nola has thrown, I believe, the most innings in baseball. And I just saw the stat the other day. Most innings pitched since 2018. Okay, so this isn't just me talking. Aaron Nola, 871 and a third. Garrett Cole, 867 and two-thirds. Jose Barrios, 8.19 and two-thirds. Zach Wheeler, 8.15. So that so we have two of the top four in innings pitched since 2018. So a ton of bullets. Just an incredible amount of bullets. And and look, I don't put a ton of emphasis on spring training, but Zach Wheeler got absolutely hammered. 9.28 ERA and four starts. I know he's complained about the pitch clock. 
I hope that's not um, going to be uh, kind of a foreshadowing of, of to what his year looks like. I don't think it'll be that bad, but I just hope that it doesn't affect him because I, I am on record. I do think this pitch, lock's, pitch clock is going to affect some people, a lot of people, hitters and pitchers. Nola got hammered the other day against the Yankees. So I I am really concerned about the starting pitching. And with Reese going down and Bryce being out, it just shows you. It shows you how hard this thing is, how hard this is to go back, how hard it is to repeat. Why it was so important to be good when we were there. You know, I always talked about Nick um um Castellanos and how, yeah, I think we'll have a better year, but it was so important for him to be good then. You know, that's when we needed him. That's when we needed those guys. Topper taking Wheeler out, 67 pitches when he was dominant. And then Alvarado getting whacked. I mean, that's the stuff. You're not there. The odds of going back are so slim. You have to just savor the moment when you're there and take advantage of it. And I know we got Trey Turner, and it's going to be fun. But we're going to need some guys to pick up the slack. Nick has to be great with Reese out. He's got to be really good. We need more of Schwarber. Trey Turner, will be. I hope will be. I know he'll be fine, but he's not going to keep up the pace that he's been at, obviously. JT. But we need everybody. I mean, we need the bench. We need those role player guys. We need, we need Boehm. And Stott, who we've talked about here. And we got to hang in until Bryce gets back. And we get healthy starting pitching. And hopefully we stay healthy. And we stay in it. And let Dombrowski do, do his thing at the trade deadline. That, And maybe get some surprises. So the, surpri- the surprise uh, yesterday was Scott Kingery and Clemens don't make the, the roster... Both had really good springs. I thought Scotty would make it. He's making about $8 million. I think he's on the last year of his deal. I thought he would make the team. They go with uh, Guthrie and Cave. Um, we'll see. I think there's a chance you'll see Kingry and Clemens up here. If they don't perform, uh, they'll, they'll quickly be moved out and they'll be moved up. But I thought there was a chance we could have saw those guys. So we need some of those guys to step up. In Bryce's absence, in Reese's absence, and see if we can get some of that energy from last year and and carry it into April, you know, because we know the the old adage is you don't make the playoffs in April, but you could be out of the playoffs in April. And the Phillies didn't help themselves last year, if you remember, when Girardi got fired, they were in a bad spot, bad spot, and had to catch up. But it would be nice to to hang in the division, you know, for a while. You don't want to have to rely on that wild card play all those road games. I know it worked out for us last year, but you don't want to make a habit of that. But I think that, uh, I think let's keep our eye on the start and pitching early and see how it affects, see how the clock affects those guys, see how those guys look and see if Dombrowski's right because obviously he has the same feeling that we have. Final four, wild, huh? Um, so you have you have four teams left: Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, UConn, and Miami. The only one of those four teams that have won a national championship is UConn, 
it was not that long ago that the year escapes me, but Kevin Ollie was the coach. Uh, they won not that long ago, but wild fun, wild tournament, probably to be expected. I mean, all year there were teams that there wasn't, there, there weren't those teams that really stood out as the dominant teams. And it really was anybody's tournament. And you see that. So you see three teams that you're not used to seeing. I was reflecting today on uh, Miami's coach, coach Jim Laring. Laring I'm going to probably say it wrong. Laring Gaya. Um, and thinking back to 17 years ago when he was the coach of George Mason and took them to the Final Four, and I could not believe that that was 17 years ago. I just can't believe it. I remember watching that Final Four. If you would have asked me and I didn't know, I would have thought that was maybe seven years ago. Ten at most. For that to be 17 years ago is incredible. And here he is back with Miami. And I'm rooting for him. It's nice, you know, his wife's there. It's it's a nice story. Miami's a program that hasn't has never won and um uh, I and I actually think that they're going to win. You know, that that's actually my pick. I think they're going to win. I really like them a lot. They're a tough team. So that'll be this weekend. So this is a lot. It's a great time of year for sports coming into springtime, weather change, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Final 4 National Championship, baseball, Really exciting, really exciting year, time of year. So I want to finish with the with the trivia. Um, and last week was, let me make sure I have the right one here. So it was through 2021, so it wasn't last year. Six different Phillies have been named MVP of either the World Series or the NLCS. So six different Phillies through 2021 named MVP, World Series, or NLCS. Cole Hamels, Ryan Howard, Gary Matthews, Manny Trillo, I'm sorry, Manny Trillo, Mike Schmidt, Michael Jack Schmidt, and Kurt Schilling. So great group. For next week, we'll keep the, the theme Phillies as we start the season. And so also it'll be along the same lines. Through 2021, 10 Philly pitchers have struck out 220 or more batters in a single season. So through 2021, 10 Philly pitchers have struck out 220 or more batters in a single season. So we'll give that answer next week. We'll talk Final Four. We'll talk Phillies first series. We'll talk more Sixers. And we'll get into uh, National Championship game. Um, Final Four National Championship game. All right, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Have a great week.